Hello, hello, hello. My name is Nate Rossa, and welcome back to I Just Can't Even With Myself Right Now, my personal pet project podcast where I discuss absolutely anything that comes to mind because limits are for losers, and in my space, we follow the wind. So sit back, tense up, and enjoy NE Unleashed. And as always, live it up, folks, and make it happen. Good morning, everybody. I figured I'm just gonna jump right into it because, uh, I mean, hey, it's morning, I just woke up, I'm in a bathrobe, and I'm in the mood to talk, you know? And I mean, when am I not in the mood to talk? But the point or the topic that I want to bring up today and I think would be really helpful also for everybody is the concept or the, to- the theme of what makes type useful or what makes studying typology, studying the theory of personality um like what what's the point why are we here why do we do this and without getting a little too philosophical on it i actually do have answers like i think that there are um actual applications for studying type and these are things that i actually believe and have used for myself um like when explaining it to people and why i'm why this is a passionate or why am I passionate about this topic? Or why am I into this? Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of, I guess, the treasures uh, that you could get from um, from all of this information. Uh, I mean, why else do we, you know, put our heads in the in the books and and our online PDFs and trying to read everything we can about it? Uh, there's a lot of reasons, and I want to outline a lot of those reasons. I want to outline all of them for for you guys 100% and also for myself i want to have this for the record that my reasonings for why we pers- why i pursue this is going to be on here so there are a lot of re- things and the first one i want to discuss from is what makes type useful i would say one of it is the communication styles and being able to identify what those communication styles are and when i mean by communication styles I actually mean, like, when it comes, like, knowing how type works and the different types kind of talk into each other, um, there are, there are actual distinctions between them. Like, talking to an SI DOM would be very different than talking to an NE DOM. I know with myself, I've, because I've been studying type, I know that I can tell people now and be like, hey, I just hope you don't mind, a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be laced with, uh, with metaphors and kind of these references um, and a lot of jumping between topics. That's kind of how I naturally am capable of talking um, versus, let's say, an NI user or an NI DOM would probably talk through a more... Uh, it would be more seamless. It would be more... Everything's connected to a one single line type of situation. Um, and the TE DOM would just get right to the point. You know, like, it's just... I can we there's so many different things you could pull from that and it allows you to adjust yourself or for others to adjust to you. It's kind of like in a weird sense creating a boundary. Um no, not creating a but erecting like a, a disclaimer that people can actually understand you now rather than be like, Oh, we me and this person, we just don't get each other at all. Everything is just everything I say always hit a wall and then I can't I don't even understand what they're saying and then you realize, Oh hey, um they're a TI. Dom or ego, and then I'm an you know a TI polar. That's exactly why 
we've been having communication issues. Like it's you know that kind of thing where um, you get to realize what makes a person not want to interact with you, and it's actually kind of cool because then you could adjust yourself um, or. You know, you guys can kind of come to this understanding that it's not because they hate you. It's not going to be personal. It's because your own personality is just different. And you'll get along, actually. I feel like it it actually makes, creates bridges between you and other personalities when you study type. Because when you study that there are distinctions, you get to use it to the point where you are aware of what happens. You can predict, you can track, you can quantify. It's no longer a mystery to you. And I think that's what I really appreciate about type a lot about that as well is that it's not a mystery and sure there are things that we're still learning about there are things that are still very unknown to us that we are still trying to catch and track and do all that good stuff Um, but for the most part where we are and where we stand in type as like a system as a theory as a model or whatever it's we're getting pretty good Um, because humans are creatures of habit unfortunately so and actually no that is fortunate for us that's our that's our takeaway is because we are, our brains are so lazy, it allows us, we're not as unpredictable as um, I think we initially thought. And I don't know how people sometimes think of it, like ethically, it could be kind of an issue because it's like, are you really talking to a person or are you just kind of messing around with their wiring or whatever? And I would say, no, you're not. You could. There are, there are, diff- there are problems in that area. I've definitely mentioned it in a previous um episode where we need to take responsibility and own up to sometimes what we do with type because you could potentially harm somebody and mess them up um the community itself is kind of mentally fragile in my opinion um but at the same time if you use it as the tool for what it's supposed to be used for then you're good to go you know like it's perfect like it's fine um actually well (laughs) my choice of wording there is very poor um it's effective there we go. It's effective for what it's supposed to be used for. Um, to the TI users out there, I mean, forgive me, but of course, I'm the, I don't actually mean it in absolute as a statement. Um, now, another thing that type can be very useful for is understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. I know with with a lot of us, um, especially like at a job interview or something, um, when someone's asked you like, hey what are your top three strengths or what are your top three weaknesses? We may not always have the answer, especially, you know, when you're just starting out fresh out of high school and you don't know what to say. And you, you're sitting at that interview table and you're going, what, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Like you don't know. With type, you can outline them. You don't have to use exact jargon or exact word choice that they provided for you in the description. You can actually somehow, you, you give it some thought, you think about it, and you realize where it comes out. For example, I'm an NE DOM. I'm a Polar TI person in Socionics. Um, I mean, in MBTI, I'm an ENFP. In Socionics, I'm an IEE. There are, my weaknesses are outlined. And my strengths are outlined. So if someone were to ask me, and without having to use any kind of, you know, typology jargon or whatever, they ask me, oh, what are your top three strengths? All I have to say is I'm very good at brainstorming. I'm very good at uh, absorbing information really quickly. It's not hard for me to integrate concepts right away. Um, my my big weakness, though, is I don't usually... It's really hard for me to be patient about a lot of those things. Um, I'd want to get the information done and out right away. And I want to be able to use that information right away. Um, and I know that sometimes I need to take 
more time to myself to think about it, to think things through, because I can be a little impulsive with ideas. Um, and see, notice there that by speaking in that way, a person listening would be like, oh, okay, so I get you're an eager, enthusiastic person, but you know, you also, you're also normal, you have flaws, and this was all thanks to type. Like, all of that was thanks to time. Like, I could I could just give him the full jargon. I could be like, well, I'm an NE dom, and some, I don't have to proper TI to critically think the way that some types would probably want to. So, And I prefer TE, where I just want things to be readily applicable and useful for me right away. But that's that doesn't translate to other people. <laughs> but then, having that knowledge already, I know what to use, like what language else to use, so that the other person can understand where I'm coming from. And... I can still bridge that connection uh, with the other person. Um, and it becomes, like, really cool and really fun. You know, like, I, I would say, well, I mean, for me, it is it is really fun to be able to have this, to create the roads that we need for the people to connect. But I was saying that it's just a, a way for us to control the variables that we otherwise thought were unpredictable. Um, they're not as unpredictable anymore. You know, we can figure it out. And that's uh, part of it is being extremely honest with yourself. Um, a part of it is being kind of taking a hard look to yourself because it is going to be tough. You know, like it's it's not exactly... You don't just go, oh, I'm going to learn my type and I'm going to feel great. Sometimes you'll feel really insecure afterwards. I know we've I, anyone who's studied type as like a passion, as a hobby, as a career or whatever, they've gone in and they have been like hurt. <laughs> we have been hit by the truth of our own like selves. And it's just a measure of realizing that we need to like absorb it, accept it and move through it. And like, in, you know, even have fun as much as you can along the way, which kind of leads me to my next gig um, about what makes type useful. And it's growth. We could use it for growth. Now, this is actually dependent on a lot of different factors because not every personality theory, arguably, is geared or made for growth. And I don't know if that's a hot take. Um, I'm going to just straight up call it out because I don't know if other people have thought of it in that sense. I'm going to repeat it again. Not every personality theory is geared slash made for growth. And what I mean is, and I'm actually going to outline the systems um, differently, and I think this is why you don't just focus on one system, um, the whole idiom of don't put all your eggs in one basket kind of applies in this situation. Uh, don't put all your faith in one personality system. Um, there are effective ones for what it's made for, for what was designed for it to accomplish. But uh, don't be so married to to one and, ex- and assume that it's the, what, the end-all be-all of everything because it, it there there are flaws and there are lackings in each one. And I mean... Let's put it this way. The major one, the absolute major one, I would say, is MBTI. And MBTI has done its job identifying the, the folks, the types, the 16 um, distinctions between each and every one of us human beings. Uh, but I have to say that it's more identity-focused, like knowing who you are, what you are, what you bring to the table, um, than anything else. And I think it's cute that I know what my flaws are in a sense that I know what my limits of my any can be. Um, I also know that, I also understand that I can probably have, or like why my FI is misunderstood or why this happens or what what do I do when I do this or that. 
Um, but I have to say that the major problem I have with MBTI is that it's, it seems to be only identity focused. It's only about knowing who you are and knowing about other people. It's, there isn't much to say about the interactions. I think the interactions actually ends up becoming the people who study type talking about it in the community is where we start to gain those conclusions. But I think that's still very early because um, nothing is fixed, nothing is written down yet um, about that. Um, or maybe there is, yeah, actually, there are people who are doing their job, and I think it's really fantastic. Um, but I would say a lot of things are anecdotal evidence, and that can be a little tough when, if you're just focusing on MBTI, you may be missing out um, on the other potentials. And when it comes to growth, I think it can be pretty difficult, because there are differing schools of thought within the MBTI kind of umbrella, you know, because, like, uh, there are, like, so many models, so many systems, so many people preaching different systems, um, but under the same guise of MBTI. And it could be difficult to, you know, sift through all of that. Um, And you could get confused, you know, like, okay, look, for example, there are people who argue that loops and grips are real. And then there are people who think otherwise. Um, I actually belong to the group that thinks otherwise. Um, because for me, I just don't understand how you could completely lose your creative or your auxiliary function and like just completely ignore it when it's something you've had for a long time. Um, or like you're a grip where you're like suddenly you're in fear, it just becomes really, really strong. But it is, is it really strong though? Or it just becomes, or it's just really insecure and really bad, um, in that particular situation. So there's a lot of things like you, I can even probably go off on this and that could be a whole different topic. Um, or a whole different episode, actually. And it's funny because I was like, oh, brainstorming in the moment. Um, but yeah, right? Like that's, that's I'm just going to say my position on that. That's why it could be different. Um, and of course, advice given to folks can be really different. Um, there could be, you know, like you could be giving advice on how to develop yourself and develop your tertiary and your inferior. Um, but there are systems that argue against doing that and that you should let yourself grow naturally. So what is it really at the point? You know, like you could be muddied with all of this information and not get what you really want, which is the growth. So, you know, like that's kind of like where I stand with comes to the people who come into type wanting that growth. Um, they may be in for a bit of surprise or a little bit of disappointment, if, especially if they just focused on MBTI, because I think um, it's lacking in that sense. Uh, another one, which is really fascinating to me. Um, actually, wait. Sorry, before I move on to the other one, um, I want to draw what, and I have to say shout out to Personality Hacker, actually, for bringing up the terminology. I know they didn't coin it, I don't think, but they introduced it. So I'm giving it my, you know, my my two cents. Um, The difference of a horizontal and a vertical system. So MBTI is a horizontal system. Everyone is equal. Every type is the same in the sense that they all aim to be a self-actualized being at some point in their 50s. <laughs> like, everyone is equally strong or there's no kind of up and down anything. Um, just because you're a type doesn't make you better or stronger or weaker than another type. That's kind of how it is. It's very open. It's very inclusive. Everyone's like, you know, all about it. So that is very contrasted with a vertical system, which is like Graves' spiral dynamics. That is a different system. Um, I know I've been dabbling in it, and I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, that that is something that I have discussed a few times on it, although I would say that I'm not an expert on it. I just like talking about it. Um, granted, because I just I am still reading the book. Um, 
But in Graves and Spiral Dynamics, there is a, it's when you track the human tendency or the human patterns um, when it comes to lifestyle, life conditions, your situation, your circumstances, um, it puts you in a position. It's, a, it's an evolved um, or a kind of dr- derived from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, it's when Claire Graves and, I mean, later on, the guy who uh, drew up or coined the term of Spiral Dynamics, oh, I forgot his name. Uh, forgive me, everybody, but it's where they notice that every there's a certain point in a human's life where they'll start moving up um, what they call levels, or in this case, memes, uh, which are either way, they just kind of say your lifestyle is your worldview has shifted. Um, and it's actually a pattern because everyone goes through the same thing and it's always going up and that's why it's called like a vertical system. Um, there are people below you and there are people above you is basically what the whole point of that is and it, knowing where you stand in this is kind of um it's when you take your mental like when your mental territory is expanded enough to see more of what you need to see now to elaborate even more because i'm like throwing y'all jargon that it doesn't make any sense um the best way to i would say um compare it to is like the growth of a natural physical human species so like you start with a baby they it's still early you know, they don't know uh, what it is they're they're doing. They're just they're still they're there to eat. They're there to survive. They're there to rely on somebody else. Who happens to be their mother, um, and that's how it goes. When you're level one in a graves theory, you are focused primarily on survival. In a micro individualistic level, like how um, Antonia and Joel have been talking about, it's it kind of starts in that level. Um, I don't know about Heidi. Uh, I actually. Heidi hasn't even, I don't think Heidi's produced any books yet. It's also been on just Twitter talking about it. It, it starts with the survival stage, um, and then you kind of go up as if you're growing. Like, you become a teenager, you become, like, a integrated adult, you become a philosopher, a hippie. Like, it's just... <laughs> it goes up, basically. Um, and each one of those levels have flaws, and each one of those levels have specific requirements to be in, um, and specific amounts of kind of mental uh, exhaustion and exercise that you kind of have to play with. I think this, the theory itself is very it's very cool. Um, it's very dense, and it's also fantastic like that because a part of the system also is giving yourself the capacity to control your mind. And what that means is, or at least how I understood it, is that you get to identify key barriers that you're going through in your life. Let's say you want to move up for your own self-improvement and say your goal is to be self-actualized you'll be like okay so what barriers in my present condition are in my way that i need to surpass and i need to work on it also goes it also kind of discusses the different states of your mind um what is considered an open thinking closed thinking arrested thinking like these are really cool terminology these are really cool angles that we could use um, in your pursuit of growth. So I would say if you're going to go for growth, um, hey, why not check out Graves Theory and sort of Spiral Dynamics? You know, why not give yourself a shot and then see where you stand um, and where you should probably be going? Um, a lot of people need to move up a bit because... Uh, but then there's also arguments where some folks don't even bother moving up and they live fine. So there's nuance in that. It's very complex and I think I like it that way that it is because there's so much you can take out of it. Um... But it is geared for that. I mean, coming from the hierarchy of needs, originality thing, right? Like you're going up. It's total. It makes so much sense. Um, which moves me back to 
back to a horizontal system. Um, if you want to talk about your flaws and your coping mechanisms, your fears, your desires, your tendency to your coping strategy, even, I would suggest you go into Enneagram. Bring that up. You know, that's like very cool um, to dabble into. And Enneagram, I think I would say is, I would say for me has been one of the more very useful one, I think. Um, because it tackles exactly what you don't want to see. <laughs> it, it goes over the, the things that people like to hide or people aren't fully aware of. So when you study Enneagram, you actually are brought to attention or it's brought to your attention um, the things that you've been doing to yourself that you probably shouldn't be. Um, it talks about your... I mean, it, in earlier points, I know some experts nowadays or studiers or academics on Enneagram are arguing that instead of saying disintegration, integration, point them as points, like the word point or lines to your connections. Um, but for folks here who who don't know what Enneagram is, it's really about it's about the interconnectedness of the nine types um, that kind of focuses on each type's like fears and wants and coping mechanisms. Um, they're divided by three different groups, um, the head, the heart, and the gut triad. Um, where you guys are focused specifically on either shame, fear, or anger. And it sounds really simple, um, and I think I definitely (laughs) said it in a very simplistic way. Um, But the point I wanted to make was, it's good to really get into this system because you actually get to know what you are hiding. And usually a lot of folks who do read and figure out their own type in the Enneagram, they kind of get a period of, I have to process this, I have to think, because it's insane. Like, it's... Um, I keep trying to say like as if it's like this magical thing. It's not. <laughs> it's just... We, we just don't want to look at the, the dark parts of ourselves. I mean, okay, I'm a seven. I always like to reframe situations. Now, there's a dark side to that. The dark side is I reframe so much that I don't face the serious, more... Um, nitty-gritty parts of myself I'd rather not so instead I would distract myself via like using my gluttony vice which is like I would start drinking I'll start eating I'll do you know I'll go out with friends party it's just just anything to refuse or reject the internal analysis that I should be giving myself so see like if I hadn't known that I would just be that hedonistic guy just like going up from one party to the next never knowing that the answer to all my problems was to look inside. And, I mean, right now, I I try, you know, like, it's it's still hard. I have a connection to the five, which is, like, isolation, hermit, blah. It's, <laughs> I love it to say blah. All the fives are just going to come at me now. Um, no hate, okay, but it's it's hard. You know, integration or moving to your point where you need to start like, at least in my case, where I need to start looking internally, that's not fun, right? This isn't, like... And that's the thing that I want to bring up with Enneagram. A lot of the growth process here involves you going out of your comfort zone. So if you're a person who is relatively comfortable um, in a nice plateau, peaceful state, Enneagram's going to shake that, you know? We're going to be like, hey, let's shake your tree, shake your world, um, and you're just you're going to be in for a ride. I know with a lot of folks, like, telling a one to, like, hey, relax, stop being so perfectionistic, you know, have a drink, and let's party. It's just, what? I'm always so stuck up. And, like, yeah, think about it, you know? <laughs> it, it's not gonna be um, easy. 
and I think that's and I think that's another thing I want to bring up to all of these systems I'm bringing um, that I'm talking about. None of this is easy. Uh, everything here is tedious, and the reason why I wanted to the full another reason why I wanted to bring this up is it does take work, as with anything. You know, reality is work. Um, for some, it's easier. For some, it's harder. But a lot of this, I mean, change isn't going to be like uh, an instant overnight success. That's not how it works. A lot of us here would have to have to um, trudge along, um, checking quietly. You know, working our, you know, working our butts off. And sometimes we don't get results. You know, sometimes we don't. You know, we sit there, we look at the our data, and we're not getting what we want, and that's a thing. You know, that really is it's a thing, and I think once the minute we or the sooner we accept that reality, the sooner we actually get to achieve blessings because um, it takes us off from the anxiety, uh, and I mean that loosely as a term. I don't mean the clinical definition of the term, but it takes us off from that fear or that pressure that we have to experience trying to get what we want. Because we, ha- we are in control, and that's the ultimate thing I want to bring up with this, these systems. It gives you the power to be in control of yourself. If you know your flaws, you know where you stand in your growth level, you know um, who you are you know, as a person, you know where, what to do, right? Like you're no longer going to be um, a confused person like, oh, I don't know, right? Like you're, you're going to know what you need to do to make it happen. And I think that part is um, why I'm like, I mean... Heck, I, you can tell in my voice I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm super excited. Every time someone brings up type, I'm like, ooh, let's discuss because I want to get to move forward. I want to progress. Um, or is it the accent progress? <laughs> to, uh, to a different, like to a future, okay? I, I see there is a future in this, a potential, actually it's a better way to put it, um, to pursue. And I think that's why it's really awesome to, to get into this. And which leads actually gets you to the last point, um, the last system that I recently just got really into, um, and it's socionics. And there are the people, the folks are divided on this system, and the reason why is it's very, um, it's very structured. Um, I know there's a lot of us NPs who aren't into that, especially NFPs um, or SFPs. Like it's not necessarily something that we kind of adhere to. Like we don't usually like. A system that's very structured, um, where our flaws are outlined to the point like this is what you're gonna do, and you can't do anything about it. Um, that kind of absolutist kind of statement can rub us the wrong way. But you have like the thing is with socionics, like we have to understand there is a distinction between this particular system with MBTI. I know they also use the sixteen they they also have sixteen types. Um, but I think it's why they use different letters. Um, I'm actually growing to understand why now. Um, the definitions in socionics are very fleshed out. Um, each type is its own person. You know, it's like it's like if a person created a character, this person is a full, fully fledged human being. Um, in MBTI, the descriptions I would say, arguably I would argue that the descriptions in MBTI tend to be very vague and very nice and very positive. Socio, not so much. Um, and I think a big part of um, Socio's kind of take is it's more, I like to use the word trackable. Um, the biggest part about it that I think is really valuable is their intertype relation chart um, or theory. And what it is, is uh, they've, I don't know, 
guys, you all have to like correct me on this if I'm wrong, but from what I'm understanding, that there is a social component to this entire system where they've tracked how different types communicated with each other and what those types cause, and they found a pattern. Um, like, for example, me is an IEE. My conflictor is an LSI, which is an I, um, which is, it's funny because I can't even compare it to MBTI anymore. It's not the same. Um, but yeah, like you, I, there would be things like conflictor uh, relations. There would be mirage, benefactor, supervisor. And it's like they've noticed there's also patterns that come up. Like people get married, they find that your relationship, long-term relationships tend to be with your activator or your um, benefactor or your supervisor. You know, like there are people who've gotten through with a conflictor maybe um, or contrary even. Um but it's like those kind of terminology, it's still relatively fresh for me, at least for my ears. But it's kind of cool that the dynamics between myself and another person is um, trackable. And again, back to my original point with this whole thing, I think it, it gives a level of control. Because if you know how you are around this person or you know how the dynamic of the two of you is going to cause this kind of result, then you know what you need to do to like mend it just because i'm a conflictor with an lsi does it mean that um i'm just gonna hate them for the rest of my life i don't it's just that there is a point where it's just difficult for us to reach the communication because there is a barrier um between us and what's that barrier well i mean i'm polar ti and he's polar any like what are we gonna do with that (laughs) um i babble he he punches like do what you can with that information (laughs) but like and quadras is a big thing in socionics. They've noticed that a lot of folks in the types, um, or a lot of those 16 types, can be divided into four groups, but it's divided by in terms of a shared kind of perspective and a shared kind of um, relation with each other. So you have the, it goes from alpha, beta, gamma, delta, and a lot of that is kind of cool because you realize that like the people you are in the same quadra with, you kind of tend to... Like, you may not agree on everything, but you the core tends to be the same, which I think is really cool. Um, it doesn't mean, like, we're all going to be friends in our quadra, even though as a Delta, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're exclusive. Um, <laughs> there, are, there are even, to the point where there are points in there that describe how each quadra technically acts on. It's really cool. Um, there is also a focus on archetypes as well, um, which I think is really useful. Again, like, I would say Socionics is a very... Um, it takes, it's a more serious uh, system in the sense that it a lot of thought has been put into it. I gotta say, like the Russians have, there's a lot of um, Russian literature on it that I have yet to Google Translate. <laughs> and even then, I don't think I'm, it's going to be grammatically correct. But there's still a lot of data um, that's been put in for this system. And I think that's really cool. Uh, and another thing, I'm, it's funny because I sound like I'm advertising all of these systems. I'm just saying that for the system that I have been getting into, this is the results I'm getting. Um, that, like, I would say my relationship with my parents have mended or is, isn't is as crazy as it was when I was a teenager. You know, like, um, I could pinpoint in each system where I was during my teen years um, and how I dealt with them. Um, But knowing type has allowed me to be able to get along better and to fix some of the conflicts that I have with them. And I would say that's why I believe in the system a lot is 
from a personal like from a personal standpoint. Um, at the same time, I've been introducing it a lot to my friends um, and being able to bring nuance and understanding into our relationships because I'm actually I'm not friends with any intuitives um, other than online. I'm not friends with uh, a lot of intuitives in real life. A lot of them are sensors. If you're going to go by MBTI or if you're going to go by socionics, a lot of them are the more hands-on, the more um, tangible reality applicable or readily applicable possibility type of people. And that's not really my deal, but that doesn't mean I can't get along with them. They're fantastic. Like I love my friends. Um, and they're, and they're, they provide wisdom that I don't think I could ever do if I just kept to myself, you know, um, to see it, to see all these systems come into harmony, to see all these systems kind of come out in different ways, and give me the the information and the knowledge that I need to use to to move forward is the thing that makes me believe in it a lot. Um, now it's still a theory, um, and everything is still evolving. Um, as with any like technology, everything changes and everything shifts. Um, but for what it's worth, I don't regret getting into the type. Um, world, if that makes sense. I don't regret getting into this realm where I get to really tap into everyone. <laughs> it's funny because it's like I'm, I'm gonna like go into an ENFP mode right now and be like, I love everyone's potential and like I see it and like <laughs> it's it's so great and it is, it really is. And that's kind of man. I'm gonna sound like really weird. I just really, if I'm gonna hear this to myself, I'm gonna sound like. One of those people like, oh my goodness, let me show you, we'd all just get along and bake a cake and we'd all be happy. Um, no, <laughs> that's no. As much as that's cute, it's no. Um, as much as like, you know, I'm kind of the type that's very like, don't hug me, you know. It's take me out first for dinner and then we'll then we'll go from there. But anyways, that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. And I hope you guys really take a take something out of this uh, little episode that I provi- uh, produced. Um, provided. It's, uh, I, back to my original, like, the theme that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, that I wanted to outline why I think type is useful um, and why I introduced all these random systems um, that I've been currently dabbling into that allows, you know, for control allows for self-control and self-understanding. Um, I think those are really good points to have. Um, I mean, other people have different reasons. That's, I mean, I'm not here to, like, outline your reasoning. I'm just here to give you an argument as to why I think type is useful. Um, uh, I, I could probably make another episode about why I don't think type is useful. Actually, I'll, I could probably do that, too. Um, so stay tuned for that, actually, uh, of why I think not everything is about type, because there, I can make an argument for that as well. But so I just really want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um, apologies for such a long time since I produced another episode. Uh, I would say that sometimes we go through writer's block. And so, you know, life is hard. <laughs> no excuses. It's just been really busy. Um, and it's just really, yeah, it's, it's hard to find time. And I decided, you know what? I get that time is hard to find, but you just have to make time for it which is, I'm getting off topic <laughs> completely again. Apologies, but also, eh, you guys expected it. <laughs> but anyways, again, thank you guys so much. I'm going to stop now before you know, I babble on and on and on about something else and bore everybody. 
but I'm, I really am happy and, that I got into type. And I really hope for the other folks who got into type as well, will share that feeling that this is actually pretty cool. Um, I mean, you can use less colorful language. I mean, I am a feeler. Like, what am I going to do with that? Except create a more flowery, dramatic way of telling it. But, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, stay tuned for, I guess, the next episode. And thanks again. You guys have a great morning um, and a good day. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And see you guys till next time. Bye.